Yeah. Money, 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 money. That was awful. <laughs> money, 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 money. Yeah, awesome. So uh, everybody who's like under 35 goes, what in the world is happening right now? So that song is 45 uh, years old. And uh, so uh, back in the day when uh, you thought about money, that song might have come uh, to your mind. Today might be uh, I Want to Be a Billionaire by Bruno Mars or Making Money by Ben Rector or something like that. But back in the day, that, was, that song won all kinds of awards and stuff like that. Here's a trivia. So maybe baby boomers uh, uh, in the room might know the answer uh, to this, those of you watching online. Um, who uh, wrote and uh, produced and sang that song? Does anybody know the answer to that? Nobody? It'd be these uh, three guys uh, right here. This is Kenneth Gamble, Leon Huff, and Anthony Davis as the OJs. The OJs. And they won all kinds of awards for that. Here's another trivia. What's the title of that song? The title, you think the title would be what? Yeah, that's not the title, actually. It's not money or money, money, money. It's, uh, those guys are church guys. They grew up in church. And they were inspired uh, from a verse in the Bible. And from that verse in the Bible, you never thought about that song being a biblical song, right? It's a Bible song, actually. They were inspired by this verse in 1 Timothy 6. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. They saw that passage, they heard it preached, and they said, this is, we got a song here. So you, you read through the lyrics of Money, 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 and it's all over the place. Here the lyrics, some of the lyrics. For the love of money, people will steal from their mother. For the love of money, people will rob their own brother. For the love of money, people can't even walk the street because they never know who in the world they're going to beat for that lean, mean, mean green, almighty dollar, money. For the love of money, people will lie. Lord, they will cheat. For the love of money, people don't care who they hurt or beat. For the love of money, a woman will sell her precious body for a small piece of paper. It carries a lot of weight. Call it lean, mean, mean green, almighty dollar money. <laughs> Welcome to Blackhawk Church. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today at Blackhawk Church? The answer is? Money, 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 money. Welcome to Blackhawk Church. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team uh, here at, at Blackhawk Church. I'm just thinking about a visitor who's never been here before, and they're thinking, like, what is happening here? Welcome those of you who are in the room with me here at the Brader Way site, those of you who are watching on screens at other places uh, that uh, I'm broadcast in different uh, places like uh, downtown, the Upper House, and then at our site in Fitchburg, Savannah Oaks Middle School, those of you in the Chinese ministry, good to have you uh, with us, everybody. And those of you who are online, uh, you might be really confused because like, what are they talking about? Because of copyright, we couldn't put that online, but there is a link and you can click on that. You can listen to the song by the OJs, the whole song. We are in the uh, third of a six-part series uh, called... Uh, a word of wisdom as we're going through uh, the book of uh, Proverbs in these uh, six weeks. Let's look at the calendar about what we have covered uh, so far. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the genre and the wisdom literature of the book of Proverbs. Last week, Pastor Daniel Owen, our lead pastor at Fitchburg, uh, did a talk on lust. That was a hard talk. He did a good job. 
Uh, it's a good, good, uh, good job that he did. Uh, this week is on money. Next week is on alcohol. I'll be doing that talk. The following week after that, then Pastor Matt will talk about friendship. He's a friendly guy on the teaching team, so we gave him uh, that talk. <laughs> Charles and I aren't so friendly. And uh, then the, the, last, uh, the last week, we close out the series, Labor Day Sunday, I do a song, uh, a uh, thing on work and school. Like all the other talks that any of us on the teaching team uh, give, uh, there's more that we could say than we can possibly say in the length of time that we have. So go to our blog uh, page, and then if we have books uh, that might be interesting for you or links, you can just go there and find it right there. So this talk is on, what's, the, what's this talk about? Money, money, money. This is a hard talk. This is a hard talk. And there's different reasons why a talk like this is difficult to give. The first reason it's a difficult talk to give is because of me because I'm the speaker, and I'm a pastor, and I'm leading a church, and we're all smart people here, and you guys go, hey, don't you like actually like get paid if we give money? And the answer to that is yes, yes yeah. So there's a reason not to trust me. It's like, huh. So can we try? And then we know about corruption and ministries and the scandals and that kind of thing. So it's not nothing new. Actually, the reason Paul wrote uh, to Timothy in Ephesus uh, was that the people who were in Ephesus who were falling in love with money were actually the leaders of the church. So there's nothing new about that kind of a thing. You need to know that here at Blackhawk, we do as much as we can to try to keep corruption out of our system here, especially financially, and every other way too. We um, pay a pretty good size of money to an outside accounting firm, and they come in and do an audit every year. We also have our own internal accounting team, which is made up of really uh, bright people who have degrees in finance and accounting and stuff like that. And uh, they don't report to me or anybody on management. They report to the board that's over me, volunteers on our overseas site team called elders. So that way they can just go right to the board. And if the board hears anything about any kind of corruption, they'll come to me right away. If they find corruption in me, they will fire me right away. And, and that's exactly what they should do, actually. Another reason why a talk like this is uh, difficult is not about me, it's about you. Because money is a sensitive subject to us. It's like, it's like close to our souls. It's like if you, if you know how much money someone makes, it's like you know their very being, like you know their identity, that kind of thing. I bet a funny amount of money that when you were growing up, you didn't know how much money your mom and dad made. I bet a funny amount of money your best friend doesn't know how much money you make even though you're best friends. It's because I, well, we don't, that's private information, it's personal, it's identity. If you know that, then it's like you know me. So it's a sensitive, very sensitive, delicate topic. Another reason why it's hard to give a talk like this at Blackhawk Church is because, well, our church is made up of a lot of people. There'll be a few thousand people to hear this talk today, and we cover the, the gamut in terms of finances here at Blackhawk Church. 
There are people that are going to listen to this talk that are uh, students and they have student debts and they can't imagine ever having money. <laughs> they have so much debt. And then there are people in our church that are unemployed and need government assistance just to get by. And then we have people in our church who retired a long time ago and they've been living on a fixed income for years and years and years. And then we have other people in our church that are financially doing pretty well. They are actually paying on a mortgage on a home. Some people are done with that. They actually own their home. Some people own two homes, three, more. So that makes a talk like this difficult because it's received in different ways by different people depending on their, their relationship with, with money. The last reason to talk like this is hard is because of the Bible. Because when you look at the Bible and what it has to say about money, it can be confusing. There's not like a direct link from some of the things that we see in the Bible to like us today in 2019. Jesus told a rich uh, young man to uh, sell everything he had and give to the poor and then come and follow me. He said, and then just a couple of pages after we read that, there's a woman who has this jar of very expensive ointment and she pours it all over his feet and then washes his feet with her hair. The disciples go, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Could have fed a lot of poor people with that right there. But Jesus doesn't rebuke them. He accepts that what it looks like a waste. Jesus quit his job. He's a carpenter. Well, how did he, how, how did he survive? Around all those years walking around and was wealthy women. Wealthy women supported him. People not even related to him. Women. Some of you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's Luke 8, verse 3, if you want to work that out. Jesus um, paid taxes, but in order to pay taxes, he told his disciples, go fish. Go, go fishing. And then when you catch that fish, open its mouth, and then you'll find a drachma there, and then you pay my tax with that. So, when you need to pay your taxes, go fishing, right? <laughs> and then open the fish's mouth and pull. See, there's not a direct line. In, in the Bible, we find people that are extremely wealthy and very godly, very generous. And we find people who are extremely poor. They have nothing and they're extremely generous and, and, and just overflow with generosity. And then we find the opposite. We find people who are extremely poor and they're very greedy. And we find wealthy people who are very greedy. We don't find a rule in the Bible that we look for. We look for something in the Bible that says, how much money can a godly Christ follower have? We want that rule, but we don't see it. What we do see in the Bible is an emphasis not on money, but on our hearts, on our hearts. That's where we see the emphasis. The question in the Bible is not how much money should you have. The question in the Bible is how is that money affecting my heart? That's the issue. Because the kind of the, the gold standard in the Bible is that we should be content whether we're really wealthy or we have nothing. Contentment is the emphasis, and it's about our heart. The Apostle Paul, writing to a church in Philippi, uh, writes this, 
I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Let me ask you a question, all sides and venues. How many of us would really love to have that kind of attitude of contentment? Show of hands. You'd really, I, I really want that right there. It is that contentment that we find so elusive that a man named Augur prays for. It's the only prayer found in the book of Proverbs. Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs 30, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7. All of this uh, chapter is written by this man named Augur. As I said a couple of weeks ago, there's many uh, different authors uh, to the Proverbs. Everything that Augur says is fantastic. I'm just going to focus on just a few uh, of the verses. All we know about Augur is basically from this chapter uh, right here. We don't know very much about him at all. Here's the only prayer in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 30, verse 7. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Here's the first. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. And then here's the second. This is what we'll focus on. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise... I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Did you see the emphasis on contentment in his prayer? See that in verse eight? Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Sometimes when we see that, we think of the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our what? Do you see the echo of Augur's prayer in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray? Jesus is obviously very familiar with the wisdom literature. It's, it's Augur's prayer, basically. Give me just my daily bread. Con contentment. Some of us are struggling right now because um, we're actually doing the assignment uh, that we ask you to do. We're reading through the book of Proverbs, a chapter a day. And some of us have already read some Proverbs that don't seem to square with this because it seems like in the book of Proverbs, if you're wise and humble, God will reward you with riches. We've already read that. Here are a couple of Proverbs like that. I love those. This is uh, the person speaking here is lady, the metaphor of lady wisdom. I love those who love me and those who seek me, find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. That looks like if you're wise and follow her, you will be rewarded. Doesn't that, isn't that what that looks like? Here's another proverb, 22. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Well, what does it pay? To be humble, fear the Lord. Well, that's what it pays, right there. 
But yet Augur's prayer, give me neither poverty nor wealth. It looks like, I personally don't think there's a contradiction here in the wisdom literature at all. I think what Augur is, is really focusing on is I don't want to be that person who's self-sufficient and feels like I don't need Yahweh. I don't want to be that. So this is my prayer, Yahweh. And you see that in Augur's prayer. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who's the Lord? That's why he's praying this. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that self-sufficient person. When I read through Augur's prayer, a couple things occur to me. The first thing that occurs to me is I don't hear very many people pray this prayer. Is this a prayer that you regularly pray? Give me neither poverty nor wealth. Oh, this, is this something you pray for your kids? I pray for that, right? You know, you want your kids to grow up and not have a lot of money, but to be content. You'll be satisfied if only thing your kids have is their daily bread, right? Is that, that, that's right, right? I don't hear people pray this prayer. A second thing that occurs to me is what else does the book of Proverbs have to say about money and our spiritual life? So I found uh, four different things I want to talk about today. Here's the first thing. Money can be damaging to our spiritual life. It can lead to self-sufficiency. That's the very thing that Augur is concerned about. He doesn't want that self-sufficiency. Here's a couple of Proverbs. Wealth, the wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, preaching Proverbs is difficult. It's like preaching a period. Well, you, you can see the, the metaphor right there. If I have all the wealth, then I'm, pro, I'm protected. I'm protected. Wealth gives me security. It provides opportunities and it provides security. And the rich imagine it's a walls too high to scale. Yahweh says the same thing about uh, his nation Israel. Hosea records this. Yahweh's right. When I feed them, fed, fed them, they were satisfied. And when they were satisfied, they became proud. Then they forgot me. Hosea's writing and why, why the judgment's coming on Israel. Is because they became self-sufficient, they forgot me. Reminds me of a quote I read from John Steinbeck, who wrote in the 1960s. Steinbeck writes, a strange species we are. We can stand anything. God and nature can throw at us, save only plenty. If I wanted to destroy a nation, I would give it too much. And I would have it on its knees, miserable, greedy, and sick. Wow. <laughs> we don't hear that, do you? You don't hear that, do you? No, it's all about how are we doing financially, country? Yeah. Because if we're wealthy, well, these people have a completely different opposite attitude. No, 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 no. That can cause a feeling of, who needs the Lord when the GDP is strong? You know what I'm saying? Self-sufficiency. Yeah, that's a problem in the Bible. Second thing. Money can be damaging to our spiritual life. It, it doesn't last forever. We, we, we think it, it does. Here's a proverb. 
Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Reminds me of what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. It's recorded. What good will it be, Jesus says, for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? So you have all of this, but it's not eternal. It's, it's temporal. What's going to happen now when you die? Do we live our lives for that which is temporal? Do we worship the almighty dollar or the almighty? Third thing, money can be damaging to our spiritual life because the, the desire to get rich can consume us. The desire to get rich can just, it occupies all of our thought life, everything for us. Here's a proverb. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Right before you go see your uh, financial counselor, maybe this is the thing you should put in your, you know, it should be in your portfolio. This is really right here. Just cast but a glance at riches. Don't wear yourself out to get rich. But we, do we live this way? And finally, money can be damaging to our spiritual life because the desire to get rich can fool us. It can fool us. We think that money's, money's more important than other things. We live for it. Here's a proverb. Love is better than money. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. You see this all over the Proverbs. So I'd rather have not very much to eat at all, but there's love in the room. Rather than cash in that check and provide everybody with a feast, and yet nobody really wants to talk to each other at the dinner table because we don't like each other. But look what I provided. (laughs) Can fool us. Can fool us. Another thing you can do, good reputation is also better than money. Some, some of us lose our reputation because of money. Here's a proverb. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. People who've already soiled their name read that off the screens and go, that's the truth. That's the truth. If you've already soiled your name and lost your reputation, you know it's, you can get money back. But your name, that's a different matter. It's harder to get back. Money, 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 money. It can damage our spiritual lives. It can wreck our spiritual lives. Let's look at those four Again, there's a summary. Money can damage our spiritual life. It can lead to self-sufficiency. It doesn't last forever. The desire to get rich can consume us. The desire to get rich can fool us. How many of you believe that I've demonstrated those four things through the book of Proverbs? Say amen if you think I've demonstrated that. Amen. Amen. 
Okay, hey, that's good. Here we go. I'm done. I did my job. <laughs> awesome. I can get paid now. <laughs> hmm. Why don't we pray that prayer? Give me neither poverty nor wealth. You know, um, it's just been uh, our observation over the years, 35 years of ministry now, that oftentimes when a series is coming up, my wife and I look at the upcoming series and we are always wondering what God is going to teach us through the series. Because the Lord has this way of basically getting inside of my heart and soul and asking me questions like, hey, Dolson, do you really believe what you're preaching? Or are you just standing up there like a mouthpiece? That happens all the time. And it happened with this message. As I'm up in my study, reading the Hebrew of Proverbs 30, figuring out what Augur's saying, writing this talk. We had a bad storm, big rainstorm. And the next day, uh, I decided that, uh, you know, I could go to work. And so I... I backed my car out of the garage. And we have, um, we have a little garden area where I've got like mulch. And when we get a real bad rain, it kind of floods that little garden area and it kind of, the water kind of pushes the mulch out into the driveway. And sometimes when I see that, I just, I'm so type A, I, you know, kind of a neat freak. I get the broom out and sweep the mulch away. So I had some mulch in my driveway. So I stopped the car, and I went into the garage to get my broom. This is where I keep my broom, in the garage. See my broom there, red broom. And then I noticed above my my rake, I noticed uh, a spot on the ceiling. See that spot? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm in my garage all the time. I've never seen that spot before. And so then I, I uh, get the ladder out, and then I see that trap door. I open that trap door, and I get into that area right above that spot. And I see right above that spot, I've got a, a, a vent in my roof that's supposed to be there in the kind of house that I have. That vent's supposed to be there. And that vent is directly above that water spot. I'm thinking, I got a leak in my roof. So... Like any normal homeowner, I get another ladder, and I go up on top of the roof. And when I get up on top of the roof, I have all these vents on top of my roof, and I look at all of these vents, and these, all these vents have little marks on them, like that. You see the mark? You just get a close-up of the mark right there. Those are chew marks on those vents. Those are chew marks. Well, my, my neighbor sees me up on my roof, and she's this wonderful person. And, she's like a, and I said, oh my gosh, it's the squirrels, those squirrels. And every one of my vents has a little chew mark like that. And my neighbor, she goes, oh, those awful squirrels. And I go, awful, this, awful squirrels? There's not, like, there's not like awful squirrels. It's not like we live in a world that has good squirrels <laughs> and then bad squirrels. And behind Dolson's house, they're the awful squirrels. All the awful squirrels in Dane County go right there to that house. No, 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 no. They're squirrels. Squirrels chew things. The problem is not with the squirrels. It's with me. 
I'm a homeowner. If I was written, I could care less about any of that. The landlord will take care of that. But I'm paying on that house. And I'm thinking to myself, what's the question that's coming into my mind right now? How much is this going to cost me? And I go into my study and I open Proverbs 30 and I'm the most discontent person in the world. I look at Paul's prayer and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. How much is this going to cost me? And I would be happier if I just had a little more And I thought of that phrase from Jesus. You know that phrase? Sermon on the Mount goes like this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where squirrels destroy. (laughs) Where thieves break in. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where squirrels don't destroy. Where thieves don't break in for where your treasure is. And it's like Yahweh was saying to me, hey, Dolson, do you actually believe what you're preaching or are you just preaching? Am I content? That's the first question. Do I just believe this, or is this just a bunch of religious mumbo-jumbo? We just, it's trite little verses. We throw up on the screen to challenge you. I am challenged by this. I don't pray Augur's Prayer all the time. But that's exactly what we should do. If we walk in the way of wisdom. Otherwise, we could be worshiping the almighty dollar. So, if you struggle with discontentment, if you think you'd be happier with just a little more money, You may want to pray this prayer with me. Let's put it back up on the screens. Let's pray this out loud together. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor my. Let's pray. Money, 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 money. Father, we confess that for many of us, we think way more about money than we do you. We can, we can look at the way in which we budget our time and the way we budget uh, our energies and it's like money has consumed us. It's so easy for us to fall into a, a trap, a kind of a pit. Because life happens, it just happens. Squirrels chew things. 
and all kinds of things take place in our life and we are all of a sudden discontent. We fall into a trap and we forget it. And the reality is there are millions and millions of people who don't even have a roof. They have a roof. Millions and millions of people don't have clean water. And we become soft and demanding of you when we don't have enough money. We, we, we come to you a merciful, gracious God and ask for forgiveness. Would you change our hearts? Would you help us to see that it's, that's you are the one we should live for. There's something about money that binds us to time. It blinds us to eternity. And it blinds us to the reality of your presence in our lives. Help us, Father, to be different for the sake of our neighbors, for the sake of our children, for the sake of our parents, for the sake of people who watch us. And for your name's sake, and we carry your name if we call ourselves followers of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name, for the sake of his reputation, all God's people said, amen.